Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hi, everyone. It's time for another episode of Startup the Science. Today's episode features the startup Facilitate. We sat down with Veronique and Tobias, who are the chemist and biologist behind the technology. What they do is provide interactive consumables for advanced cell technologies and regenerative medicine in the 3D cell culture market. Its unique polymeric platform aims to support cancer and stem cell research, drug discovery, toxicology, and tissue engineering. From what I understand in my simplistic non-sciencey brain is that Facilitate creates better environments or better homes for cells to live in. For a better explanation, please keep listening to this podcast. Um, something else that's really cool about Facilitate is that they are a part of BASF's Chemovator. So you, you're probably familiar with BASF. Well, Chemovator is their internal business incubator where they help BASF intrapreneurs get it intra. Um, they help them validate their ideas and turn them into investable and scalable business opportunities, which is exactly what Facilitate has done and very successfully, I might add. So they talk about all of this in the episode, so stick around and listen to their story. Here's Veronique and Tobias of Facilitate. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome to our podcast. And very nice to have you here. So um, I will start with an introduction. But before we do that, I'd just like to say that this is a big moment for us because it's the first time we have a startup of this kind joining us on the podcast. So most of the startups, if not all the ones we've previously spoken to, are university spinoffs or startups that have um, been formed in different ways. But you are a little bit different because you started off in um, a large company and then you've decided to start your own thing. So that's what I'd like to ask you a bit about in the introduction as well. Can you tell me how does a startup originate in a company like BASF? So, hi, uh, my name is Veronique. Um, I'm a corporate intrapreneur. I think this is the, the correct term. So um, basically, my background is I'm, I'm a chemist by training. I've been working for a large chemical company, BSF, for six years in the R&D, running different R&D projects. And basically, since two years, BSF has a new program, which is called Chemovator. And the idea is to take ideas and technologies from BSF um, and develop them in a startup-like fashion until market readiness. And um, this is how the so-called venture teams are created. And these venture teams, they work like a startup and they are supported by external serial entrepreneurs. So basically what happened two years ago, um, I was having this uh, very interesting R&D project and we saw a lot of potential behind it. And I applied for the program. I pitched. Basically, it's a pitching process similar to um, going into another incubation program. And this is how I um, ended up in the Chemovator. And then at some point along the way, you also met Tobias, right? Hi, Tobias. Hi. Would you like to tell us a bit more about yourself as well, Tobias? Well, I'm biologist from background and worked in at BSF for around 10 years. And uh, when Veronique 
came and explained her project to me, uh, searching for biology biologists to support her project. It was extremely appealing. So I like to to innovate things, to improve things, and find new solutions for problems. And this was exactly what I was looking for. So a great scientific idea and a cool project to support. Very cool. So you both met in BSF as part of uh, Camovator, as you said, a very interesting incubation program within BSF, which is um, already a very exciting concept. I think some companies are doing that, but not many uh, at this point. And we already know that one of you is a chemist, one of you is a biologist, so we have kind of a clue that that's uh, what your startup facilitate, that's a mix of chemistry and biology. But uh, let's let's hear from you, actually. What is facilitate and what do you guys do? Okay. Um, facilitate, basically the word is a creation of facilitate and cells. So we want to make life easier for cells. Actually, the, the name is a result of a beer brainstorming, but I think it fits well because what we do is we turn basically, or we want to develop cell culture reagents that uh, make life easier for cells and basically support all kind of cell culture assays. Cells, mammalian cells in general, are fundamental models to understand biological processes and disease patterns and drug interactions. And usually the cells are cultivated on artificial plastic surfaces outside of the human body, which do not well reflect the natural environment of cells. And therefore, cell models in general, they have a limited predictability when it comes to development of drugs and understand diseases. And this also leads to high costs and development times and also to a lot of animal studies. And um, our role is um, to play into that area as an enabler. Um, because cell-surface interactions, they play a crucial role. And so we want to provide the right chemical surface to the cells so that the cell can really feel uh, well in, in their environment and behave more naturally and thereby help to reduce animal studies and on the long term also decrease time and costs in drug development. That's very cool. And you've explained it so well that without having any sort of knowledge of or deep knowledge of biology, I think I could follow. But um, I like also how you explained that we're trying to, you're trying to make cells' lives easier, which I think is very nice and very kind towards the cells. But can you tell me a little bit more about why, why do cells have a hard life? When they're placed on, um, on an artificial plastic surface, why does that not work so well? So cells... Uh need input from their surroundings. So they heavily interact with other cells, with proteins and all kinds of material around them. So they're not alone in a, in a tissue, so they communicate. This is very important and it heavily influences how they, for example, react towards drugs. If you cultivate them on a plastic surface, they will respond very differently compared to, to a sur natural surrounding. So if you want to have meaningful results, you need to resemble the natural environment. That makes a lot of sense, right? The cells don't act in isolation. They need to respond to something. So let's talk a little bit more about your technology and your solution. I understand it's a polymer platform, if I get that correctly. Can you tell me what that means and how that works? And how does that interact with cells in a better way than existing solutions? So what our polymer platform does is... You can use the polymers to first hide a surface. So it makes it kind of biologically inert. It does not bind protein or cells anymore. 
that you can already use, for example, for so-called spheroids. So the cells, they don't bind to the surface, but bind to each other, and you get something like a mini-tumor, so which resembles a bit more kind of natural environment. But you can do even more. You can then, on top of that, add different biological cues, peptides, antibodies, proteins, and like that, you resemble the normal, the natural surface. And so then you get the, the desired uh, cells. I'd imagine or you can grow cells on that. What are the applications for it? Um, what are we doing with these cells? We've grown them in a better environment than before. And then what? Yeah, exactly. So the, the applications are in the life science area whenever biological and biomedical research is needed. So we're talking about biological researchers in academia, we're talking about uh, pharma companies, we're talking about biotech companies. They do a lot of uh, different cell culture assays. This goes, for example, in cancer research, also stem cell research, disease modeling, tissue engineering, and so on. So the, the field of application is a very, very broad. We are focusing right now on two specific fields. So the field number one is the so-called 3D cell culture. So like the name already said, the idea of 3D cell culture is to provide an environment of cells where they can grow in three dimension and not in two dimensions like on a flat surfaces, um, surface. And this is uh, something that we facilitate uh, with our first product. I will come to that later. So this is one part of our polymer platform, but we're also looking to develop products which are useful in the stem cell market to basically help to expand uh, pluripotent stem cells uh, in, a, in a large uh, scale. They are used a lot for disease modeling, but this is, uh, this is signs of the future. Many of them are also a high potential candidate for cell therapy. And uh, the whole market environment, it's research driven. It's very innovative, uh, very dynamic, and uh, many, many processes are in the making, which makes it so interesting for us. Right. So a lot of different potential markets, right? You have life science, you have biological research, biomedical research, uh, stem cell market, which is a very big, and we know it's constantly changing and, and growing in a very dynamic environment. Uh, and you've chosen to focus on, on two of these, which is already very cool because two out of these big markets is already a lot to tackle for for a startup. Uh, why are your products um, special? Why are they unique? What makes them stand out from the from the competition? So most researchers when they try to build up a, a system they they use extracts or proteins to resemble the surface. So it's usually a black box. So you hardly know what's really inside and it's not convenient. So we want to, to generate a more synthetic surface, which is reliable. So you don't have batch-to-batch -batch variabilities from one to the other batch. You know what's inside and uh, can control your, your experiment much better. And also, if I may add, so the polymers that we are developing, they are in, in that sense very sticky. So they love to stick to different uh, polymer and plastic surfaces and they do it without having a, a special chemical treatment. So we have these sticky polymers, which in addition are very, very defined. So we know our chemistry and, uh, and we have the toolbox so that we can attach different uh, specific ligands so that it can be applied in different um, biological assays. Very exciting. And so this is not just an idea, right? It's not just something you're thinking of doing. You've already started doing it and you have a product that uh, 
is called Biofloat. And I'm curious to know more and more about that. What is Biofloat? I saw that I can already order it on the website. I can add it to my basket. Uh, what happens if I order it? What can I do with it once I receive it in the mail? So to answer the first question, yes, we have already the first products. And so we are quite proud on that. So for corporate to, to and also for other startups to have an idea and starting with basic research, screening for polymers, optimizing them, doing the development and setting up a product in around one and a half years is relatively fast. So we manage that. Now we sell these first products. So when you go on our homepage and shop them, you can can get either a coding solution or a well-plate. The well-plate is usually used to generate spheroids. This is the kind of cell wall which I I mentioned earlier. So it's a 96 well blades. You put cells in there and they form this, this cell ball. Also, you can generate organoids, which is a topic which is coming up very intensely. So kind of a mini organ which with different tissues. These things are generated in such a blade or our our coding solution, which you can use either to generate such a blade on your own or to code any other equipment to make it repellent towards cells and proteins. Right. That's very interesting, but I'm guessing I shouldn't be the one going on your website not having a clue what I'm doing and ordering these things. So who are your customers? Who are the people actually going and making serious orders? Not, not like me. So our customers, um, like I said before, is um, they are biological researchers. So they come from uh, research facilities uh, in academia. They are pharmaceutical researchers. They usually work in um, in cancer research, or they are looking into a disease pattern of neuro. Wow, this is difficult to pronounce. Neurological uh, diseases, and um, yeah, they use these models to to mimic certain diseases to understand disease patterns patterns to, um, to do drug screening. So this is something that pharma companies or outsourced pharma R&D will do a lot. They will test millions of compounds um, on these well plates and, and see how they react, how the cells react to the compounds um, and then thereby create lead candidates, which then go in uh, into the next phase of drug development. Or uh, the researchers will just look at biological processes, especially in the stem cell area, to understand what is happening, uh, because a lot um, in this field is not standardized yet. And there is also a lot of assays which need to be developed so that they can be really used in a, in a meaningful way and create meaningful data. Okay, that's very, very interesting. And do you already have some first orders, some first partners outside of BASF that you're working on? Yes, we get more and more orders and also the feedback and that is important for us from, from customers is very positive. So scientists which order the product, test it and come back to us and say, well, cool, we, we can do things with your product which we couldn't do before yeah, because the cell did it here and so on. So this is very nice feedback and and also for us this kind of collaborative approach together with customers is important to advance our projects and i imagine that's also because depending on your customer you customize to some extent your your products to them or at least the the offering to them um, i would assume so i wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your team because in our experience all these great ideas and uh, really innovative projects don't really come to life if there's not a very strong team on board. 
Um, but what I've also heard in our previous episodes is that sometimes two co-founders end up doing a bit of everything, a bit of marketing, accounting, HR, a little bit of everything, even though initially they were maybe just uh, chemists and biologists. How does that work in your team? Is there anybody else helping you guys out or at the moment is it you doing everything? Okay, right now we are a team of four. So uh, it's Tobias and me as the starting uh, core team, the biologist and the chemist. And uh, since uh, March, we have uh, Simon who joined our team. Simon is a, a biophysics um, guy by training, but he's also uh, an entrepreneur. So he has founded already four other companies and he is supporting us in the business development side, but also for operational tasks. And to complete our startup team, we have Angela. Um, Angela is our marketing intern. She has a degree from the Mannheim Business School and she has nothing to do with science, but uh, it's a lot of fun to work with her. And actually as a fun part, I can tell we recently did, a, did an escape room as a team building event. And we were in a in a science room, a, a so-called crazy lab. And the funny thing is that uh, Angela, with a marketing background, was able to solve all the science riddles, which uh, to us uh, is kind of rewarding because we think we did quite educate her uh, on uh, these aspects. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, very versatile. So yes, each of us has uh, his or her dedicated role, but of course, a lot overlaps and uh, we get to learn and see many different uh, aspects in a startup life from doing R&D to doing business development, um, marketing, the website that we created, the content was created by us, uh, setting up marketing campaigns. We recently shot a video. So it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And there is never no routine at all. And it's nice to see that you're progressing and you're growing. You've grown your team and um, I'm sure you'll continue to, to do that. But I'm curious, what is the, the journey of a startup that um, starts off within a large company? Because we haven't had that many like this before. I'm, I'm curious to, to hear from you what you think the next, let's say, five years will look like. Are you planning to spin out and become your own company? Uh, completely independent entity or will you be part of BASF going forward? Are you looking for investment? What What's the future like? So um, the program, of course, that we are in uh, has some limitations in the time. So right now we are at, at a junction situation because our Chemovator period um, will end um, soon. So basically the idea is that um, either there is a BSF integration or a spin out. This is something that still has to be decided and we're following both pathways. And right now we're looking also for a Series A investment in case of a spin out. And uh, there are several, let's say, um, options possible. So we can think about a joint venture with BSF and other investors, but uh, the details have to be decided in the upcoming month. On the long term, we see uh, we see ourselves as an enabling company, either as part of a BSF business division or also as our own entity. Um, and we want to be a life science supplier of cell culture reagents and materials because this is our core expertise and uh, create an ecosystem of very chemistry defined products, which are 
deeply rooted in our material knowledge and create value for the customers um, by giving them meaningful uh, results for their for their data and and basically help them to make these breakthrough discoveries in the biomedical area. Right. So you're now at a bit of a crossroad trying to figure out, are you going to uh, spin out or not and how you're going to be doing that? Um, I can't help but tell you that we have applications open for AdmaCom for Accelerator until the end of this week. And one of the things we try to do in that program is to support companies that are more or less at your stage and that are trying to figure out their next strategic steps. So just saying, if you have some time until the end of the week, maybe you want to apply. Um, but what, what do you think? If you were to bet, what's most likely to happen? Do you have any preferred scenario or can you not disclose that at the moment? Uh, we're in the middle of the discussion, so um, I cannot tell, to be honest. Yeah, But um, I think it's likely that on the long term, we will spin out just to be more agile. Yeah. And then in that case, you definitely have to apply that. Okay, I'm going to start here with the, the advertising of our program. Uh, we're coming towards the end of our recording, and this has been really, uh, really great. I've learned a lot, and I think what you're doing is very exciting. Whether you decide to spin out or not, either way, your technology is very interesting, and I'm sure it will help a lot of uh, biotech companies, a lot of researchers, a lot of companies in life science to figure out how to improve their products, discover better drugs. Um, is there anything that you would like to tell our audience? Any asks, any wishes, any hopes and dreams you'd like to share with the people listening? Um, as a chemist, um, I mean, I, I'm a chemist, but I've always been fascinated by biology. And um, to me, it's very rewarding to work in this field because uh, I, I have the feeling that I can contribute, even if it's not me who is going to make the next uh, medical break through discovery but someone has to enable it and that's what uh, what you can do exactly yeah <laughs> Tobias is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye so I mean working in that startup I enjoy a lot because it's interdisciplinary yeah um, so it brings a lot of challenges but you learn a lot and in the next months and years where we continue of course we will need investment we need talents uh, um, and so everyone who got interested uh, to this podcast is welcome to contact us and uh, we would love to discuss on all kinds of, of collaboration and working together. That's great. And we'll make sure to put all of your contact information in our description. And I hope that some, some interested people will, will get in touch with you. I'm pretty sure they will. We almost always have follow-ups to these episodes. Thanks a lot, guys. This has been great. Uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. And I'm curious to see what the next months and years will bring for Facilitate. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enam.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time.